This lightning in a bottle audio is from a recent consultation Duncan had with one of our Blue Square consulting clients. Duncan talks to John about his branding and messaging as he moves up market working with business owners, professionals, and executives. Enjoy. Well, well, I wanted to I wanted to start the call off, uh, if if I may, just telling you that um, our last contact with you was was you know certainly motivational, certainly gave uh, great food for thought, and uh, we've taken a, a couple of things. Uh, and what we're looking for is to fine tune a little bit more of where we went last time. So. Uh, you asked me if I knew Tan Singh's name, and that then led to uh, me doing a bit of research. And, and that person that we were going to drop that book off for uh, is actually coming to our place for dinner tonight. So I'm, I'm the call we have is timely. Um, and uh, I think the other thing I'd like to share with you is I also did some further investigation from a TD perspective on where the where the organization is versus what's in my head about the concept of a family office and the expertise that's needed and and so on and so forth and so um, you know I'm even more settled I guess in terms of what my role is and what are the key um, variables that, that sort of need to be tightened up and we've made progress on some of those things absolutely uh, where and I guess my first question would be this the idea of letting go of of um, things like portfolios and and day-to-day uh, -day market gyrations and um, so on and so forth we're outsourcing that more effectively each day and uh, I, I think technology is helping out with that tremendously but the concept of um, you know that team that uh, uh, mountain climbing expedition team is a powerful one and it's uh, I really liked your reference to entrepreneurs and successful people are always trying to get to the peak um, but there are certain dangers uh, not just getting there but but getting back down uh, to safety and and understanding that whole understanding what some of those risks are not necessarily financial ones so uh, I have introduced that concept in um, a handful of conversations since we spoke, and the the idea of that or the visual that that creates in their minds is quite powerful. So I'm pleased. I just wanted to dive into that a little bit more if we could. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, I'm really glad the metaphor uh, resonates with you because, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of advisory teams out there that are kind of in no man's land. They haven't let go. It's like one foot on the boat, one foot on the on the dock, right? They haven't let go um, of the of the technical. And and to hear you, John, talk about the fact that you're liberating yourself to make all of that part of your process. So it's not downplaying, you know performance, volatility, uh, being mindful of conditions around the world, like all of that is still really, really important. 
But right. the fact that you can liberate yourself to outsource that, uh, that's huge. And it, it enables you to sort of, if you think about the art and science of your role, you know, the science of your value, that's going to be in very good hands. This enables you to focus on the art of uh, relationship management, practice management. And uh, so it's not, it's not that we're downplaying everything, anything. We're elevating the things that are proprietary to you. And I can tell, I can hear it in your voice. You know, it's not just the fact that you're sort of saying words and messaging. You believe it. And that's a big reason why, you know, your conviction is a big reason why it's landing with people. Okay? And while I'm thinking about it, I really want you to go deep on this. Okay? So uh, there's a book I'd like you to consider getting. And it's called Beer Money. Okay. And it's a story of the Stroh family. This is a family, you know, old Milwaukee, uh, yep. Schlitz beer. Yeah. And the absolute dysfunction of going from one generation to the next. Okay. So, okay. you know the old saying, right? Every family is either an example or a warning when it comes to money. And okay. the warnings can serve you just as well. Like there's, a, there's meaning and purpose to the warnings because it either validates the track we're on or it just gives us a couple of insights of what to avoid. Okay, so basically what I'm saying is keep going down this track. And I'm going to lecture a little bit here, okay? So, and again, this is Pareto 101, but here's what's interesting. You get a little further down our track, sometimes we start to overlook some of the fundamentals. But this is even more important now because you're, you're having this sort of awakening. So just, just indulge me. Okay. Write these three letters, one on top of the other. P, P, P. Okay. So what do they mean? I don't know. Come on. Okay. The first P. People. Okay. John? Yeah. You're a good guy. You're smart. You care. You got mileage, you got credentials, you're a good person. Think of your team. You've got good people. It's really important. You're with a good firm. But again, professional contrast does not occur because of just good people and a good firm. I want you to think in terms of a brand within a brand. And the way you do this, and what I don't want to be overlooked here, is 
how this is not just applying to you, but you're also your addressable audience, okay? Because you're going up market. You're starting to talk to some people at a higher level. There is going to be a temptation to try to impress these people. I don't, I don't want you to impress people. I want you to impress upon them. Okay, and there's a big difference there. The professional contrast and the things that are going to really make you attractive. It's the people and it's the practice and the process. Okay. And I want everybody you talk to, existing people who think they know you, but they don't know you. Prospective people who are just getting to know you and their frame of reference is everybody else they know. And that bar is low. I want everybody to understand and trust and appreciate your practice and your process as much as they appreciate the people. This is the path you're on right now. Can I ask a quick question about practice? When Could you just expand on what that means to you yeah. or what you're saying there? No, that's good. So first of all, philosophically, are you lining up with this? Oh, oh absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. So the people, among other things, have a technical ability, which at the end of the day means... You do no harm, and you, you bring value around all the things that are promissory around performance. Okay? Okay. The practice, the practice is promissory on the experience, what it means to be your client. So I'll give you an example. Uh, not far from where I live, there is a little bakery Okay? And I love it. I went there this morning. Best coffee in town, best baked goods in town, bar none. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just that they're good bakers. They know how to run a bakery. So, the people, you guys, are good bakers. The practice means you run a good bakery. You create a, a, they remember my name when I go in there. They know exactly what I want. I don't even have to ask. I walk out of there thinking I'm the most important bakery customer on the planet. Yeah. I feel like I belong. I feel, I look forward to going to it. It's almost like the the coffee and the and the muffin is just like almost secondary. That's what the practice does. Now, the level you're playing at, business owners, professionals, executives, they understand SOP, standard operating procedure. They understand ISO and best practices. When they realize that you put an emphasis on the client experience, they connect with you on a higher level. Okay. And you stand out from the pack. Okay? And yes. Then, and then the process, basically what that does is it takes wealth management 
and turns it into a pillar, not the deliverable. The deliverable is the process that's, that's panoramic and all-encompassing. Sorry, could you uh, could you repeat that about the wealth management piece? Yeah. So you're not a wealth manager. Wealth management is part of your process. Okay. Okay. Wealth management is one pillar. It's one important, essential piece. But there's lots of wealth managers out there. Right. Okay. So. You know, if you think about the seven pillars, one process, you're not asking them to buy something. You're asking them to buy into something. What are they buying into? Your process. You have a process in place. You know, the whole concept of the personal CFO, right, the complete family office, which is what, in my view, CFO means, right, complete family office, you Put every piece of the financial puzzle together. You engage every service provider into the process as their life unfolds, as their needs evolve. That's that's. So it's not it's not even what you do; it's what it does. That's what you're getting people to buy into. So this whole dynamic, or or or, or metaphor around planting the flag on the summit. That's that's helping the people you talk to expand their thinking. So it's not just what the statement says each month. So, you know, everything you do are puzzle pieces. Your process is the picture. It's like a roadmap. It's like a blueprint. It's like it's like a GPS, like we know where we're going, we know where the outcome is, and basically what you're saying to the client, think in terms of mile markers. Getting right. to financial independence, that's just a mile marker. That's just, you know, plant the flag. There's more to the journey. And to your point, more people get in trouble on the back half than the front half. Yes, that's and it is true. And I, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that uh, uh, consistently now. So I just I I want to use a I want to be mindful of time, and so I just want to explain something that happened last week um, with a client that we brought on and introduced them to private banking. We don't yet have um, their investable assets in part because they're close to making another very large acquisition uh, where their lending needs would be around a hundred million. And um, so I thought this was an opportunity perhaps to bring in the uh, uh, commercial part of the organization. And of course now everybody's excited because of the size of the, of the transaction. But when we were together last week, I was trying to explain to him, you know, one of the things when you're going into a negotiation, uh, you might think that you're a great credit because of your history and, you know, um, how successful you've been and so on. It would be very helpful for you to understand um, uh, how a banker would view you as opposed to how you view yourself. So uh, the opportunity to go through uh, and understand, you know, how much has changed in the last several months in terms of the cost of money, uh, 
has been quite dramatic. So for this person, he understands leverage very well, and he's always been a floating rate guy. Uh, and I said to him, you know, what's happened uh, in fixed income markets means that term lending now is considerably more attractive than floating. And this might be an excellent time for you not only to think about the new things you want to do, but do you have the right setup um, in your existing loan portfolio, which is around $35 million. So if you think about the interest rate spread of 75 basis points or the equivalent thereof on $135 million, it's a lot of money. Okay, so the first thing you need to do with all of these other people that you're going to involve in this is you got to look everybody in the eye and say, you cannot look at this as a transactional opportunity, okay? Because the whole vibe and energy of this, you know, the hunter-gatherer who eats what they kill, it's going to come out. And basically what, what you're doing here, and this is so critically important as a mindset, is everybody needs to know you're not referring this person out you're engaging all the other service providers into the process. And they're part of your process. And how yes. they conduct themselves reflects significantly on you. Right. And they need to line up philosophically. Okay? Now, back to your point about the distinction between the floating and the fixed. I, I get that. Um, be Socratic about how you approach that. I, I can hear the logic and the reason in what you're saying, but sometimes tigers don't change their stripes. Okay? Okay. Obviously, his approach has served him pretty well, but at the same time, you're doing him a disservice by not bringing this um, to, to the forefront, and I respect that. But don't try to change him. Try to expand his thinking. Okay? So in other words, John... Mr. Prospective Client, your philosophy and approach has served you incredibly well to this point. Going forward, I'd like you to expand your thinking and just take into consideration the new realities of the era that we're in. Okay. You, you, you pretty much uh, uh, you pretty much reiterated almost word for word of, of how that conversation went last week. And, and actually that's what led to, well, maybe we should have a look at my existing loan arrangements were that are all with competitors, by the way. Okay. Yeah, that, well, that's interesting. That's yeah. Okay. So, so remember this, this is classic wedge. Okay. For you to get hired, somebody has got to get fired. So where's the contrast? You need to be thinking of professional contrast. So back to my point about this is not a transactional opportunity where, where all these other people smell the, the how to monetize this opportunity. Yes. They got to go in there, John, with a purity of just let's do our jobs, deliver value, 
and be pure in the activity and let the productivity take care of itself. Okay. Okay. Now, now listen, I, you know, I, I got to tell you something. Okay. I love what I'm hearing when I talk to you. Every time we talk, I can hear your evolution. And you know how I, I think you and I talked about this maybe on the first conversation we have, if I remember correctly. You know, because I, I even, I said this, I was in Los Angeles um, two weeks ago, talking to a team who was at about $550 million. And I said to them, are you a billion-dollar team currently at 550? <laughs> and there was a long pause. And the, and the lead said, well, I'd like to think so. And I said, okay, we've worked with enough billion-dollar teams They've got nothing on you, maybe a little more mileage, maybe they've got a little bit more momentum, but they've got nothing on you, but you have to have the mindset of a billion-dollar team. And that's, that's one of the things that we're trying to bring to the table. That's hard to quantify. It's very qualitative. But when I talk to you, every time we talk, I can feel you moving in that direction. I can, I can feel it. I can hear it. So... You make sure when you're talking to all these other guys and, and ladies, and I say this respectfully, you make sure you have that steely look in your eye and a very firm but respectful tone, and you explain the rules of engagement. This is yeah. not an opportunity, a transactional opportunity. This is an ability for us to create professional contrast to differentiate ourselves, to help this person come to their own conclusion that our process is superior. Yeah. I need you to relay that to everybody. You know, just the tone and the differentiation is going to elevate you, and, and everybody's going to fall in line and draft in behind you, and everybody's just going to do their job. But I'm telling you, man, this, this, this individual – and your evolution, this is a proof of concept. You break through here, you're now at another level. You've become another level of uh, advisory team. And it's exciting. Well, we, we feel that way. We've got, uh, uh, I, I think we've actually done some, some really good work, and now we're getting to a place where... Um, the execution of this is becoming more defined and refined and that part's definitely exciting and I I think the other part I wanted to make sure we talked about today very quickly is the um, is the concept of old habits die hard and so I actually find that I'm more effective when I'm not here um, which is disturbing to me um, and so, you know, I, I have, um, I keep getting invitations to do uh, things other than what I would traditionally see as work. And um, when I'm open to the concept of it, I always end up having great conversations and opportunities come out of those conversations and so on and so forth. And so, you know, I'm getting in my own way. I kind of need to just freaking let go of all of that. Okay. And really my, my, my job is, uh, to have lunches and dinners and, uh, uh, you know, be out doing that as opposed to be in doing 
uh, the execution of this, I think. Listen, this this just, I, I love this. I, I can't overstate, even just hearing you bare your soul like that and, and let us in to what you're thinking, uh, it's a huge... It's a huge honor for us because, you know, we, we talk to some people. They spend a lot of time trying to let us know how great they are. And what you're basically saying is, again, that, that, that interlude between who you were and who you are becoming, it, it, a lot of people get derailed in the interlude. And just the fact that you're aware of it is massive. So here's what I'd like you to write down. Just this phrase. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Make yourself obsolete. Yeah. It's counterintuitive, but just empower your team to liberate you to do what you get paid to do. Right. Like for someone to make, you know, thousand dollars an hour they can't do hundred dollar an hour activities now I want you to be aware of everything but you got to stay in your lane you know John you go to the dentist if you're in that office for an hour you see the dentist for 10 minutes right okay so you've got a good team Elaine raves about your team they're bought in and they're on a trajectory and there's a multiplier here. You, you're, you're raising all ships. Everybody is elevating. But, but don't self-sabotage that by micromanaging or, you know, you know, drifting. Like, stay in your lane. And I'm telling you, man, like, you and I are going to talk in three years. You're going to look back on this and say, look what we've created. And look what we're attracting. Yeah, like you're attra- you're going to be attracting more attractive clients because you're making yourself more attractive, and and so just just finish that, just see that through. Okay, well, I, I uh, this helps uh, today for sure, Duncan. I wanted to say uh, thanks for it. I, I do, uh, you know, each time we're chatting, it's it's extremely helpful for me in for me personally in terms of uh, getting the noise out of my head and and being able to to distill down some of the things that we're doing and frankly change the level of importance of some things and let go of others. Uh, and, uh, you know, so how quickly the compensation for portfolio construction and asset allocation and tax rebalancing, all those kinds of things is, is literally disappearing or has already disappeared. Um, and I, I think, you know, scaling up and getting in front of bigger opportunities, which uh, seems to be what's happening. Um, I just have to, as I said, make sure that I, um, in part, have a prevention of me uh, getting in the middle and, um, as you say, stay in my own lane. So we'll we'll talk about that for sure. Well, listen, listen, it starts with awareness and you are aware. And listen, you and I talk, it doesn't feel like work. I get as much out of the conversation as you do and just the validation because 
you're not like the clay is soft you're not set in your ways is massive but every now and again i'm going to call you on stuff and some of this is just dna it's hardwired based on how long you've been doing this but think in terms of alignment of interest not opportunities okay so i know what you're saying and i get the practicality but at the end of the day if you if you really buy into the art and science it's okay more about it's more about people at a high level coming to their own conclusions that they have unmet needs and those needs can be addressed by your people your practice and your process because there's an alignment of interests their needs now and in the future align with your expertise and your process so think in terms of alignment of interest think in terms of fit Think about think in terms of who you're suited for, not who you're looking for. It it, it changes everything, and it, it adds a a congruency to what you're doing. But John, I, I you know listen, we talk what maybe once every six to eight weeks. I love it. I I, I come off the call going, I love it. I it's beautiful, and of course the fact that you're getting some momentum and results. I mean that's that's icing on top. Okay, well, listen, I, I thanks. Anybody else from the team here need, sorry, we've we've dominated the conversation, but it's been uh, it's been very productive, so I wanted to thank you both. Uh, listen, anytime, anytime. Okay, well, thank you, Duncan, thank you, Elaine, and, and uh, we'll be back in touch. Okay, guys, take it easy. Sounds good. See ya. Bye. Thanks for investing your time. Please subscribe if you saw value in this audio. We post new audio weekly on this channel. We also post actionable videos and content every business day to the Pareto Systems app, available on iOS and Android devices.